Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Welcome to Central Assembly. I'm glad for all of you that are here today. Bless the Lord. My message this morning is titled, we're all messed up in how we did today's service. So those of you that are here for the first time, it's just, yeah, today's pretty different. But anyway, here we are. I can still get to the word. My message is entitled, Empowered by the Spirit. You can, if you got a bulletin, there are notes you can follow along with. And I do it this way so you can fill in the blank and you walk away with something. Um, You can use an electronic device, but we don't have the capacity we used to have with that electronic uh, means. Um, Under the new system with church teams, we're not able to do what we were doing prior. In any case, empowered by the Spirit. My intention for the next two Sundays, Lord willing, you always have to say that, right? You, you understand why that's important? You're not promised tomorrow. Jesus could rapture us out of here before I finish this sentence. So it'd be wise for you to always speak in those terms. So my intention for the next two weeks, next two Sundays, Lord willing... Uh, is to be talking to you about the most vital relationship necessary to propel the church through this decade. Lord willing. This is the most significant dynamic related to the advancement of the church since its inception. Of course, the title itself should give away Uh, what or who I am talking about. The Holy Spirit is the who, and um, or the Holy Spirit, the what. I've frequently said, I love that our services are lively. You've heard me say this before if you've been around a little bit. I like that our worship is loud. I'm good with that. I'm good with the fact that on occasion we have people dancing in the aisle. I'm good with that. Good with loud church. I guess I should say it this way. I'm Pentecostal and proud of it. I'm old school Pentecostal that's somewhat unfamiliar with today's Pentecostal church. Used to be you could have stepped in any Assembly of God Church anywhere in the United States and it would be unusual to see what happened here today happen in their church. But it is unusual today. Said all of that to say this. What I don't want is to confuse enthusiasm and vibrancy with power and anointing. I'm going to say that again. That was too good just to say once. 
I don't want to confuse enthusiasm and vibrancy with power and anointing. You see, one is just fluff. The other changes lives. Uh, So uh, hear me when I say it. I don't mind the fluff. I enjoy the fluff. But I want you to understand I know it's fluff. That is not. I don't care how, shower, how, how loud you shout, how much you dance, that's not going to transform you. It can open the door for a transformation. But if you don't have the power, if you don't have the anointing, if you don't have the real presence and work of Holy Spirit, all you got is noise. Noise ain't changing you. So I don't want to divorce one from the other. It's a both and. I like a vibrant worship service. I was a, a, a worship lead, a worship pastor for 20 years of my ministry life. I let, I did, we did everything in the first two churches where I was the lead pastor. Did everything. Worship, took the offerings, did the whole everything. But... But And I thank God we got powerful, wonderful worship leaders and, and members today. We, we, got, we got five or six people in this church that can lead worship. They can lead a worship service. I'm grateful for that. I like loud. I like it rich and full and, 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 and a powerful anointed service. But, but I need the anointing that accompanies the noise. In order to be biblical, you've got to have that. There are a lot of churches where they've exchanged the noise for the anointing. You can't, we can't do that. There's a lot of churches you can go and they have vibrant worship service. They're right here in this area. That doesn't mean they have the anointing or power of God. But something that all of you must reconcile is that you cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues. So I'm going to do a little teaching today. Because I know that there are those who would contend you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but... Not everybody speaks in tongues. That's not biblical, and it's not where we stand at Central Assembly. Just so you understand, I'm going to help you a little bit on this, but the tongues part is a problem for a few people. It's a problem because tongues is weird. Again, I don't mind. I don't mind that fact, and I'm not saying that to say that I think you're weird. Well, you are peculiar. You are a peculiar people. That's what Peter said we would be, though. And so I'm I'm okay with being that kind of peculiar. The speaking in tongues. Hearing me when I say it is the outward sign of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's a visible, physical sign of an inward work. You can't have one without the other. 
This is an analogy that every one of you adults can understand. A few of you kids, I hope you don't understand it. But you cannot drink alcoholic beverages without it impacting you externally. You can have a little and barely notice it. Now, I, I can tell you all, I have had, I could take a little bit, I could take one of these things of communion level, things of, of real wine, and I can feel it in my body. I literally can physically feel it in my body. Now, that's because I'm, I've not been a drinker, so that's how that works for me, physically. But, Every single one of you in here could drink enough of it that we're all going to know it. You can't have one without the other. You still with me? Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, the King James says. Ephesians 5, I believe 18. But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. So... You can't have the infilling of the Holy Ghost without speaking in tongues. It's what happened in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 and in Acts cha- it happened throughout Acts. 10, 19, those are chapters in Acts where it happened just like that. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues. There may be many of you skeptical, skeptical of this phenomenon. But it's part of the equation that I cannot eliminate. It's, it's biblical. And I'm determined to ensure that at Central we understand that to be filled with Holy Spirit has a clear and distinct purpose. Now you're starting to tie it together. The purpose is not so you get to speak in tongues. That's not the purpose. That's just evidence that God has a purpose for you, that you are filled with Holy Spirit and he's got some work you need to be doing. That purpose is to impact the world around us in a bold fashion. To become a powerful witness to the Lehigh Valley community and beyond. To be the kind of people or the kind of church that will stand up for Jesus no matter what happens. You got to have something. When when you're called into account, you better have some substance. When it comes time, you better have some substance in you. Somebody asks you who you are. Who do you represent? You need something inside. And that's what the Holy Ghost comes to do. He comes to fill you up so you'll have some substance when you're talking about Jesus. Something to back up the evidence. Hallelujah. Let's read. This is from Luke chapter 24 and verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise 
from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations. Say all nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins. This is the message. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my Father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You'll notice that Jesus did not say, fills you with tongues from heaven. Right? Where's the focus? It's not on the tongues. It's on the power. That's what Holy Spirit brings to the equation. My mouth was ahead of my brain. That's what Holy Spirit brings to the equation. And so out of obedience and trust, the disciples did what Jesus tells them to do. Stayed in Jerusalem. But notice what that scripture says. The opening verse says, he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he launches into telling them that the scriptures from long ago said the Messiah would come, that he would die and give his life for them. He had to open their minds. You hear me? They were not yet filled with the Holy Ghost. So he had to open their minds. They were still confused. They were still stuck in the past. That is a work of Holy Spirit. Opening their minds. Some of you need God, the Holy Spirit, to open your minds. Because you're stuck in some kind of false belief system. That, that you know, because you saw some weirdo speaking in tongues. And it is weird. It's okay to think that. It's not blasphemy to think that somebody that that's not weird. That's weird. But that's not blasphemy. It is strange. And people that get filled with the Holy Ghost, they do weird stuff. I, again, I'm not trying to, I, I'm not sugarcoating this. And, and you're back there saying, yeah, but preacher, I've seen some people. You know, and I'm saying, oh, mama, when the Holy Ghost would get on her, she, I can hardly do it because I'm not shaped like she was shaped. But it was something like this. And the Holy Ghost, she'd be sitting in her pew and just start going like this. And, and some of you are stuck on what you've seen and what you've heard and how people... You've known somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost spoken tongues and then they, they were not only weird in church. You, 
I'll go a step further. It's going to get hot in here. It's, I could just get your hanky out right now. Just start waving it right now. It's about to get hot in here. You heard them curse. You actually heard them curse out of that same mouth. Speaking in tongues, and yet they were cursing. I heard them. That can't be right. Either the tongues are of the devil or they're just of the devil. I don't know, but something's messed up. I'm not proclaiming that that's the case. I'm just saying that's what you're, some of you are thinking. You need to get your mind opened. You need to have the Holy Ghost come in and clear all that mess up. People are messy. People do weird stuff. Stop confusion, confusing the work of the Holy Spirit and what he needs to do in people's lives with how people react to the Lord and the work of God on the inside of them. I declare, you don't know what you do if you get a real encounter with Jesus. I mean, all those people that came up to try to grab him and say, uh, you know, they said, uh, who, we're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene. You know what he said? It's the same words. I am. When he said that, they all fell over. They just fell over. That's weird. These are soldiers. They come up to get Jesus. That's weird. He just spoke and they fell over. I'm not making this up. It's in the Bible, folks. You can find it there. What I'm trying to tell you is that you don't know how you're going to respond when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you. Stop trying to judge people when they act weird like that. Just get, don't get yourself tied up in it. Let God do what he needs to do in you, wants to do in you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. And however that one thing that's going to happen is you'll look weird because you're going to talk in tongues. And it's out, it's, it's, it's not, you don't whisper in tongues. It just doesn't work that way. It's a spoken language. It's not a mega, see that's where people get into trouble. They think it sounds like made up jibber jabber. You know, people are just mumbling and, and whatever. That's not, it's a spoken language. It's just not known by you. And so it's a work of Holy Spirit. And that's what happened with his disciples because you know what they were believing? They were believing that Jesus was going to set up his kingdom there on earth. And they were ready. They were ready to take their positions. You heard it. You know the the story of of the sons of Zebedee. Mom comes along and says, hey, uh, could my boys be on your right and on your left? She was talking about an earthly kingdom. She wasn't talking about waiting till heaven. She was talking about an earthly kingdom. They were still believing that even after he died. They were so confused. He had to open their minds because they were stuck in the past. Some of you are stuck someplace that somebody's messed you up somehow or means. They've messed you up. You've seen some of the stuff that I just talked about, and I'm talking about it in a humorous fashion, but it's messed some of you up. 
because they were talking in tongues and cursing also a week later or somewhere else at some other time. Or maybe they were, they had all other kinds of, or any other kind of sin or problem in their life. And you can't reconcile that. Stop trying to reconcile what messed up people do. The Holy Ghost isn't, isn't one, the one that messed them up. They're human. And that's something you're going to find out. You need to reconcile that now for your entire life. People are people and people do stupid things. They're not entirely sanctified. There's the problem. So you get... Y'all ready for some confession? I had our church van yesterday. We were in New York City. And I, we were coming out of the city. Been in the Holy Ghost all day long. Some of these sisters over here, no, they were there. And we were in the Holy Ghost all day long. How many of you have ever tried to leave New York City? If there's anything that will test your sanctification, <laughs> so first of all, I got I, All I could do is follow the GPS. I have no idea where I am. Only God knows where I was. I'm just listening to GPS. And it doesn't look right, it doesn't feel right. And then, don't you know? Like would always happen, of course, a fire truck decides that they've got to come down the lane I'm in along with the other 40 million people trying to get out of the town. I know that was an exaggeration, but you know, you get the point. And so I, I pull over the church van. Now remember, it's got our name on it, phone number, all that good stuff. All of it's on the church van. I pull over to the side. And I'm sitting there waiting where we had been waiting for five minutes already. And, and, uh, cause I'm in the marked yellow lines where you're not supposed to be, but you get out of the way because it's a fire truck and there's the only place I could go. And I'm sitting there thinking, I know these people. Somebody's gonna get right in over there cause they think because I'm over here, that's their cue that they can get in there. And he came in with his beamer and his hat twisted sideways on his head right there. And I'm like, don't you do it, dude. I inch my van up. I'm so, I could have kissed the bumper of the person in front of me. Like, this is my spot, bro. I got out of the way for the ambulance, the fire truck, but it's not your spot. I didn't do that for you. I did that for me. For them, the people that were under an emergency situation. I was testing my sanctification. I started the confession. I might as well go all the way. When he finally pushed his beamer all the way in front, I laid on the horn like... I did. My, my, Pastor Amy says, you do know that our sign is on the side of this van. I said, they don't know me. They don't know me. 
I ain't entirely sanctified yet. I don't know why I said all of that, but I'm, yes, I do. Even some of us good people are still messed up. And I don't want you to confuse the work of Holy Spirit. So, so some are skeptical of speaking in tongues, and you've got you to gotta have the Holy Ghost open your mind. Like the disciples, you need, you need Jesus to open your mind. Um, otherwise, these disciples, they would have never been able to receive the promise of the Father. If he doesn't open their mind, they're, they're still stuck in what they thought things were supposed to look like. Did you hear those words? Because there's plenty of you that are stuck in what you think the church should look like or sound like. We should be singing more hymns. We should be able to sit when we sing. Why people got to stand while you're singing. They should have the air conditioning lower. No, they should have the air conditioning higher. You see, you're stuck in peripheral stuff. And, and these disciples were thinking Jesus was supposed to set up his kingdom here on earth. He had to open their minds. So as with the disciples, however, we must trust what Jesus tells us to do. You see, the early church believed the promise and waited in the upper room for the Spirit's coming. They, they believed that promise and they waited for the Spirit's coming. And he showed up. I've said this before, but there are enough of you new enough here that you've not, you've not heard me say this. What about the guy that left on day five from the, the upper room? There was a problem at their house, and they had to, well, you know, grandma's ill. Everybody got to show up at the house to help grandma. No, they don't, but some of you think that way. It takes all of us. One of your children's sick, all of you stay home. Oh, now he done went to meddling. He got into our house. You ain't all got to stay home. One of you can stay with them. Or maybe that's the day you leave them with grandma. And all of you still come to church except the sick one. I don't know. Figure it out. But I can assure you that there was 124 at the start. Or maybe 200. But you get about to day six and we're all in the same room praying and brother so-and-so starting to stink because he hasn't bathed for three months. It's, it's real up in here. And there's somebody troubled by all of this. And they have to go home. They miss it because they weren't there on day 10. But you know what they'll do? Holy Spirit gets poured out. They run up there. Oh, I was here on day five. I need my spot in the spotlight. That's a lot of what church people do. It don't matter what it used to be. What is it right now? Are you in the presence of God? Are you waiting on him? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you what he wants to work in you? The early church believed the promise and they waited in the upper room. Acts 2, 4 confirms that it happened. They waited, 
And here it is. And everyone present, say everyone. Come on, say it like you're Pentecostal. Everyone. Present. And you know that's our problem? You can be here but not present. There's four of you right now thinking about what you're having for lunch. You're here but not present. Because somebody's got their child that should be in children's church, but they're still sitting here in the pew. I won't look at anybody in particular. I'll try to glance my eyes. I'll stay above the audience. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're here but not present because you're distracted having to take care of a child. And we've, we've got good people trained to take care of your child for this hour so that you can engage in the service fully. And everyone present. You remember what I just said? There were a few people. I guarantee you there were some people that left that upper room somewhere along the way. What about the guy or the lady that left on day nine? Day nine. That's sad for them. Are you present? You're here, but present. The reality of his presence and power, his anointing, his touch, and his work. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking. I don't care if you keep your kids here in church. I don't care. I need to go back up a little bit. I don't care. They're all welcome. I'm just saying we go through the process of training people and getting qualified people to work back in there so your kids don't distract you and you can fully engage in the service. Everyone, we're doing that next Sunday night with Choco when he's here. We're going to have children's ministry so that you can let your kids be in children's ministry, but we're only keeping them, we're only having children that are first grade and below, not in the service because, you know, seven-year-old, whatever it is after first grade, they can get the Holy Ghost just like you. Anyway. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. They began speaking. They didn't keep it, didn't hold back. Everyone present began to speak. Not only visible fire-like tongues on their head, I don't know what that looked like. I wasn't there. I know Hollywood has tried to make it. And maybe they did a great job. I don't really know. I wasn't there. So it happens. And guess what? This promise extends to us. Acts 2.39, here it is. I'm not making this up. This promise is to you, to your children. And those far away. Look at this next word. Say all. Who have been called by the Lord our God. All. 
promise extends to you. You know what happened? The, the beginning of the 20th century, the Azusa Street Revival brought the fulfillment of this promise to our nation and the world. Um, you, many of you may not know about this, but, but go back to around 1906. It's around 1906, and, and Azusa Street is a street out in Southern California, and, and God showed up there. He just showed up there. He used a uh, willing vessel, a African-American man by the name of William J. Seymour. And he went out there. Do you know he wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost, Alicia? He wasn't even filled with the Holy Ghost when he went out there and started preaching. It happened, I think he was in seven days before he got filled with the Holy Ghost. But he's preaching about it. Because he was in services where he heard this. and, And he said... Uh, he starts preaching about it. And lo and behold, people start getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It happened in a, a Methodist gathering, but they threw him out. And so they had to meet in a, what was a, they called them livery stables. That's just where they, stables, horses. They tied the horses up and they cleaned up that stable and put some benches up and people sat in there and the Holy Ghost showed up. And this went on for three years. Miracles after miracle after miracle. People come from all over the world to that little mission. And they took it back. Every Pentecostal denomination worldwide traces their roots to that humble place on Azusa Street in California. Every Pentecostal denominational group. Don't care what their tag or title is, they'll all trace it back. I don't know why God decided to show up in America like that. I don't know why. I don't have that answer. God is God. He chose to do what he chose to do, and it happened that way. But it didn't stay in Azusa Street because those revival fires spread all over this nation. People got filled with the Holy Spirit all over the place. and Yeah, some of them were really weird. You can read some of the accounts, and it'll blow your mind along with sending a little bit of chill up your spine, but it, it, it'll blow your mind how God showed up in those places. That promise is for you. What has been, however, is only good for how it reminds us of what will be if we accept it. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't want what used to be. I need fresh fire. I want the Holy Ghost for me today. I want to feel his presence as real as they did in Azusa Street and every other revival in between. I was, I went, Pastor Amy and I, we went to the Brownsville revival. Some of you will have heard of that, but that happened, uh, it started in 1995 and it ran through 90s. Really, it was about 99, but uh, they they just mark it as 97. Three years there as well. We were there. It was powerful. It was an incredible place to be. I'm glad I got to experience that. But I don't want what I had there. What I had there doesn't do you any good here. You need the fresh fire of God now for today. I don't want my kids to to have to read about something that happened in Brownsville in 1995. 
That was great for then. What do you need now, though? You need the power of God today to propel you to do the work God has asked you to do in the Lehigh Valley. You need his power. You need his anointing. And so I'm, I'm trusting God for a fresh outpouring. How about you? I don't want used to be Christianity. I want a present living reality of the move of God. And here's the good news. The winds of revival are blowing across the United States and around the world. I know he's doing that. He's got a plan. We're in the last days. He said in his word, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters. And so we're included in Acts 2.39 and thus prime candidates for a modern day outpouring. And the only question is whether you are ready to jump in and receive this divine blessing. So it began with a divine promise and now it has divine purpose. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. Somebody say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be. Look at your neighbor and say, you will be. My witnesses telling people about me everywhere. You ever been around somebody that couldn't shut up? Be careful now. You need the Holy Ghost right now, as uh, some of you. Kind of people you have to walk away from. Yeah, well, we'll get right back to that. Bless the Lord. Well, just, hallelujah. I'll be praying for you. Telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's a purpose, a divine purpose for this Spirit's infilling. Jesus said that the Spirit's infilling was to empower the church for witnessing. Then and now, God has always intended that the infilling of the Holy Spirit would be purposeful. I don't know why it did. See, it's doing it again. Doubles. I just pushed it once. Then and now, God has always intended that the unfilling of the Holy Spirit would be purposeful. Um, it's not a badge of honor that might allow us to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Just because you get to talk in tongues doesn't make you better than anybody else. You get to. You haven't earned it. It was a gift to begin with. On the day of Pentecost, now, Holy Spirit... By the way, I, I'll, I'll put this up for you. Anytime you see the letters HS and it's from me, you know that means Holy Spirit. Just, you can figure, I'm helping you out, but you can, you can figure this, all right? So that's just a shortcut. When I put HS down, capitalized, that means Holy Spirit. 
enabled the believers to share the good news with boldness and authority. I want some of that. How about you? Now listen, what happened to Peter can happen to us. Yeah, uh, uh, here it is. You know the day of Pentecost. So we're in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 here. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. Why do we read that passage of scripture? Because I want you to understand the transformation that took place in Peter should happen in all of us. It was a genuine transformation, wasn't it? Right? You remember how just 50 days earlier he had denied Jesus? This is that guy. Even when a little girl said, aren't you one of them? It's a little girl. He's changed now. Now listen, the transformation that took place in Peter, it may be manifested in a different way, but, but with the tongues will come boldness, power, and authority. Let me explain manifested in a different way. Everyone that's baptized in the Holy Spirit, first of all, everyone that's baptized in the Holy Spirit, hear me when I say it, I'm going to say it again. Everyone that is baptized in the Holy Spirit will speak in tongues more than once. There it goes. I said it. It's not just for one moment, not just for that moment when you're baptized. No, you'll speak regularly. In tongues. It's a prayer language along with this gifting is a prayer language. You receive. Utterances are made by the Spirit from within you that you cannot make in your own human language. Your own design language. But not everyone will stand up in front of a crowd and preach. Still with me? Not everyone's going to stand up here but with a guitar and suddenly start singing worship songs leading us in worship. Some will feed the hungry. And still speak boldly for Jesus. Some will drive the church van. You better be bold when you drive our church van. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. We can't have you acting like I was in New York City yesterday. Some will visit those who are in prison. Some will work in a church department, Sunday school or children's ministries, even the nursery. Some will have house groups, Bible studies in their home. That's the intent. That's the plan of Holy Spirit. But listen to me when I say this. 
all should witness with boldness the gospel of Jesus Christ in some manner or form wherever God takes them. All. All. None of us get off the hook. Oh, but I'm shy, preacher. You're still not off the hook. Because you need to witness in your home, you need to witness at your work, you need to witness at school, you need to witness everywhere. That's what the scripture says. The church's witness is still empowered by the Holy Spirit. But some of you are sitting there right now and you're thinking, yeah, preacher, I hear you, but I know people that are not filled with the Holy Spirit and they witness. They share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, I know many of them. And some of them are more powerful than some of you that speak in tongues regular. But, how many of you know that that car has four-wheel drive? It's a Subaru. And so that's their thing. Four-wheel drive vehicles they've been making for a long time. It'll take you off-road. Look, that picture proves it. (laughs) It'll take you off-road. So you can get off-road. You can go places. You can go out into the wilderness a little bit at least. You can even travel in the snow. A lot of you may, may well have. You don't have to raise your hand. Don't really care. If you have a Subaru. So you get where you need to go in even some rough places with that vehicle. But how many of you would rather get there with this? I mean, I could have the other. It'll take me where you want to go, but uh, I'd rather have a Bigfoot 1,000 horsepower Dodge Ram pickup with tires nearly big as I am. I could climb over your Subaru to get into the woods. That's, there's, there's, there's this, but I, I'm sorry, I want this. Right now, the gas issue would make it a hindrance. Thanks, President Biden. Anyhow, to please erase that, that was... I was in the flesh. I was not in the spirit on the Lord's day. So you can get there through either means. But I'd rather get there. Yeah, that's more like me. I'll take the 100th anniversary edition or whatever that means, the 100 on the side. I'll take that over the Subaru any day. <laughs> That's guaranteed way more fun, way more power, way more power. Like 10 times the power. And, and I want us to work like that for the kingdom of God. So it began as a divine promise. It has divine purpose. 
And now it is divine provision for the church. Matthew 28 verse 20 says it this way. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said this knowing he was leaving them physically. All right, you got to follow me in context. Jesus said those words we just read from Matthew 28, 20, knowing he was about to leave them physically. Even to the end of the age. I am with you always. That has to mean something, doesn't it? There must be another meaning behind it. Jesus knew that he must go so that the Holy Spirit might come to fulfill Joel 2, 28 and 29. What's Joel 2, 28 and 29? I'll give you a second to write down go and fulfillment and show you what Joel 2, 28 and 29 say. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Say all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. All of the women ought to say hallelujah. In fact, on the day of Pentecost, Peter quotes these verses from Joel. So that's New Testament, and he's quoting an Old Testament prophecy. Jesus prophesied, or he promised, he would never leave us, but he would be with us as we carry out his commission to the end of the age. You don't have to do this alone. Fact is, you can't do it alone. You cannot effectively do this on your own. Oh, that doesn't mean you won't get some people saved. You'll get some people saved. You, you need far more than that, though, don't you? You need power and anointing to really display what Jesus wants you to display. So he promised he'd never leave us. And Acts 1.8 tells us we will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on us. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is divine provision to carry out the Great Commission. That's what Holy Spirit is. Divine provision. Remember? The the title for this section is, it is divine provision for the church. Divine provision for the church. He he will make it so that you can carry out the mission he's given us. Look at your neighbor right now and say, we have a task to do. And God has given us what we need to do the task. That is divine provision to get the job done. So let me bring it to a conclusion this morning. I say, God, do it again. Do it again in these last days. I say the wind of God is blowing again to empower the church while there is still time. The scriptures say, work while it is day. For the night comes, or cometh, the King James says, when no man can work. 
We're at that day. We're approaching that day when it'll be too late. You have some neighbors. You have some friends. You have some workmates. They need you to bring Jesus to them. And that's why he sent the Holy Spirit. So you'd have power and anointing to be able to do it, to overcome your fears like Peter did. And that little girl was enough to make him shut up and cower in the corner and say, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm not with them. Fifty days later, after he got full of the Holy Ghost, it was a different story, wasn't it? (laughs) You people, you need to repent of your sins. This is Peter. Repent of your sins. And you too, this Jesus is Messiah and y'all crucified him. But it was meant to be. Repent though of your sins. He tells them. So the scripture tell you and I to work while it is day. Like Jesus as a child, we must be about the father's business. God wants you busy for him in his kingdom. He wants you doing something for him in his kingdom. Not just sitting around talking a big talk. Oh, isn't he wonderful? He is wonderful. But all those people are still dying. They're still going to land in hell unless we rescue them. And he sent his Holy Spirit so you could be empowered to do that very thing. It's not all on the preacher. No, he sent his Holy Spirit to all of us. We are all in these final moments of the last days. I know I say it a lot. I'm going to keep saying it. We're in the final moments of the last days. All this stuff you you read and hear about what's happening over Ukraine with Russia. It's just fulfillment of the last days. That what, what God is setting in order, it's all happening. He prophesied that it would happen. Uh, some of these things that you're looking at and you're thinking, well, aren't these evil Russians going in there? Uh, I'm not saying they're not evil. Though things are not exactly like you may think they are. But either way, it's all part of prophecy. Just pointing us to the, and all of you know that we're moving to a cashless society, right? You know that. That's happening. We went, I can prove this. On our way back, we stopped at Chipotle. This is a shameless plug for Chipotle. Actually, it's not a shameless plug. It's a plug against you. Lousy bunch of people. We stop in in there. It was, was, yeah. This one actually happened with Pastor Amy, though, so I can tell on her. She's not even here to defend herself. But I don't know if this is happening in every Chipotle. It's been a little while. And so we go in there, we're ready to buy ourselves some nice, I get, you know, I like Chipotle. I like some spicy, good stuff, fresh made right in front of your face. You can see whose hands are on it, all that stuff. All that good stuff. And and, and, because anyway, and she goes in there and she says, uh, yeah, we'd like to place an order. And, and, And the lady looks at her and says, well, do you have our app? And she says, I don't have your app. And she says, well, you, you have to place an order on our, our app and you do all your payment, everything on the app. They don't want to see cash. It didn't matter how much money I had in my pocket. I wasn't buying a thing. 
because that's how they're operating. Now, of course, we're still in New Jersey, and so I don't want to talk bad about Jersey people because some of you are here. But it didn't matter how much cash I had. You got to get it on the app and place your order on the app. And my wife looked at that woman and said, you want me to take 10 more minutes, stand here in front of your face. You can't just go over to a register and I give you, I'll even use my credit card. Nope, sorry, can't help you. Now, I did get a little in the flesh because I walked out of the store saying, y'all just lost 30 bucks. Just want you to know. Went to Panera and they served us food. We're in the last days, and I only told you that story, and I hope you laughed a little bit and enjoyed it, but the, the reality is we are in the end of times. It's just a representation that the days are coming fast to a close. Don't wait to tell somebody that you know and love that they need Jesus. Don't wait. And you need the empowering of Holy Spirit to do so. And so I say it this way, it's your turn. It's your turn. The baton has been passed to this generation. Come on, Pastor Mackay, you're going to need to come up here for a minute. The baton is passed it's to this generation. It's to us. We've got to get busy for the kingdom of God. We need to seize this opportunity to expand the kingdom of God right here in the Lehigh Valley. That's why God's placed us on the corner of Eaton and Primrose. That's why this church is here. It's not to look pretty. It's not just to, so we got a big building, so what? If we're not doing this work, it's all just fluff. All of this other stuff, it's fluff. You don't even have to have a building to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm glad we do. I'm glad God has blessed us this way. I'm glad for all of the stuff we have. But that's not the substance of which is required in order to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to our neighbors, our friends, and our families. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Stand to your feet. heaven and say, God, do it again. God, do it again. Come on, join me, church. Do it again in this day, in this place, Lord Jesus. Do it again. Pour out of your spirit in a fresh fashion, Lord. Pour out of your spirit today in this place, right now in this territory, Lord Jesus. We, we lift our hands towards heaven in surrender to you, Lord Jesus, because we want more. We want a fresh outpouring. We want you, God, to come and visit us in this time, in this day, in this age. We need you, Lord.
We know what you've asked us to do. And we know we're incapable of doing it unless we are full. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, say, fill me, Lord. Fill me up now, Lord. And maybe you have been filled, but you're all dried up. You're shriveled up like a raisin. Come on, lift those hands toward heaven. Say, Lord, fill me again. Fill me again. I want more. I want more of you, Lord Jesus. You Holy Ghost filled believers, come on, take a minute. I want more. I want more. I want more. More of you, Lord. I want more. Come on, Holy Ghost. You be poured out in this place. Come move in our midst. Fill us up, Lord. We want everything that you have for us. Come on, some of you dried up people sitting in your homes right now. You're watching us online. Say, I want more, Lord. Fill me up. I need more, Lord. I want more. Be poured out, Lord. Be poured out in this place. Fill us up to overflowing, Lord. that are bold and powerful and anointed to do your work to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord Jesus, like never before. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A church, you want more. Sunday morning 
going to take some more time. We'll pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Pray for you to get filled up with Holy Ghost. So come on back next Sunday morning and evening. In the evening service, going to be a powerful service where you can receive Holy Spirit baptism. I love you folks. Pray that you have a great day. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.